What's up, guys? Thanks for coming to our Kaafa and Miss You podcast. Here, you will find resources to help you grow in real devotion, real community, and real responsibility. So you can learn to love Jesus, not just for a season, but for a lifetime. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Tonight, um, you guys get the pleasure of getting to hear from a friend of mine, a recent friend of mine, someone that I've grown to understand loves and sees the deep significance in like life on life discipleship. Essentially someone who would say, yes, it would be phenomenal to speak in front of hundreds, but ultimately if I know by me spending time with one person every day for a year, or like throughout a year, I know their life has changed because the Lord used me, that's better than speaking in front of hundreds. Because the, the claps you get, it's like the Lord will say, there you go. Like, that, that's your reward right there. Like, people clap for you. People liked you. People thought you were all that. Like, there's your reward. Or you spent time with someone. You gave them your life. You gave them your heart. You gave them all of yourself. And then whenever you get to see Jesus, they get to see him too. And he's like, that's more worth it than speaking in front of thousands. Does it make sense? And so you guys get the opportunity of hearing from Las Cruces' first, first youth pastor, Pastor Eddie Nesby. I need all that, but I like it. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for allowing me to be with you, Kai Alpha. It's an it's a big honor to be with you and and your team. Can you make some noise for the Kai Alpha team? They are they are absolutely incredible, and I've had time to spend with them and got to teach a class, and I've sat down with with Taylor and obviously Robin on staff with us, man, and you have some of the greatest leaders or people who want to partner, love you, and walk with you that I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. You've really got it good. And so, can you just go crazy for them one more time? Yeah. Um, I'm grateful. Good team. Hey, uh, my name is Eddie Nesby. I'm originally from Chicagoland. Anybody from up north, like Midwest, anybody no, you, thank you. High five me after, because we in this warm air and we ain't in the cold and in no snow. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Um, so I'm grateful to be here and I have a lovely wife. She could not be here tonight. Her name is Julie, she is white. I like a little cream in my coffee. Can I get an amen? <laughs> hallelujah. And I've got three beautiful little girls and I've got my two youngest here tonight and they are running back over here. Uh, she waves, yes. You're welcome. You've been blessed by Talitha. <laughs> You're in her presence, just so you know. Um, we're grateful for them. But tonight, I just want to get right into it. I want to share an encouragement with you. When Pastor Taylor asked, I was like, me? You want me to speak? I was like, what? And I got here, and it was outside, and I said, oh, my God, it's outside. So, hey, outside, we, we love you, okay? We just out here preaching. Uh, but I want to encourage you tonight. Um, and I want to get right into it. So if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to take those out. And I want to read a scripture to you. And I am going to be as fast as I can so I can see some baptisms. Let's go. Romans chapter 5, 1 through 6. It reads like this. 
Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope. Everybody say hope. In hope of the glory of God. Not only that, not only that. But we, re we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ came and died for the ungodly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every opportunity that we get to share the gospel. We need to speak of who you are and what you've done. God, I pray that you would speak to hearts even now that just need a whisper from you, that need a scream from you, or just need to simply a touch or a moment or an encounter or just the right amount of encouragement. God, bless them in Jesus' name and bless us. Amen. Come on. Come on. Okay, I got a mic now. I'm with James Brown. Hey. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Don't laugh too much because I won't do stuff. Um, I'm here to be serious and preach the gospel. Amen. Uh, and while I'm being serious, I want to preach from another gospel uh, from the book of Pixar in the chapter of Nemo. Hallelujah. If you've ever seen the movie Nemo, the whole premise is about a clownfish. Everybody say the clownfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's clownfish by the name of Marlon who's lost his son by the name of... And he goes on this excursion to find this little fish with a little bitty fin. And he is on the journey of a lifetime on an adventure to retrieve his son. And on the way, on his adventure, he meets a little friend by the name of Dory. Everybody say, Dory. Dory. Come on, say it like you mean to say, Dory. Dory. I promise you it's spiritual. I'm going to get to it. I promise, I promise, I promise. And Dory is this lovable character who doesn't know a whole lot, who's got some trauma in her life, but she's the ultimate optimist, okay? And there's this moment in the movie where Marlon has lost a little bit of hope, lost a little bit of courage, and his, uh, on his way, he's trying to figure out, and he, on the goggles that he's caught is the address to where he could find his son, but Dory drops it, and Marlon's ticked. And in this scene, Marlon is tied to this rock. He's got his feet on this rock, and he's, he's angry at Dory, but Dory has no clue. She's oblivious. And in this moment, Marley's just, Marlon's just yelling at her, and Dory looks him in the face and goes, hey, when life gets you down, do you know what you do? He says, she says, do you know what you do? I say, what do you, what do you do? Just, oh, you know it. Did you read my notes? Or you watched the movie? Hallelujah. She says, just keep swimming. So if you're taking notes tonight, the title of my sermon is Just Keep Swimming. I know you got touched just now. Thank you, God. But here's the reality I want to share with you when we talk through this thing of Just Keep Swimming. I want you to keep the title in your mind. But I want to redirect our minds and our hearts to the moment that we're in right now. <gasps> I love you. What's up, dude? Um... I want to redirect your moment to the moment that we're in right now. I love that right now that there are a lot of young people who are sitting with us who are going to make an outward, like an outward declaration of the inward decision to follow Jesus by getting baptized tonight. This is a massive deal. Come on, we can make a little bit of noise for that. 
It's a massive deal. And I think in the life and the faith that I've lived, how long I've been doing it, like I've been in youth ministry almost many years, right? And God's done some really cool things, but I can't get over um, the encounters that I hear about when people's lives are changed, like when it happens to young people even now, the decisions that are being made tonight, I was excited for you because you're making one of the biggest decisions of your life. But not only that, it's a significant encounter in your relationship with God. And I love hearing about God encounters in people's lives because it's the moment where God kind of interrupts their world. And because he interrupts their world, their life has changed forever. Everybody say forever. Man, y'all better than junior hires. I'm going to preach y'all all the time, business. But their life is changed absolutely for forever. And there's, there's countless, like, God encounters in Scripture. But it's usually like the, there's like usually like three that I see that are repetitive and that we as, as Christians even now tend to experience. One being like the first time somebody encounters Jesus, right? Like it's, you weren't, you weren't expecting it, right? It's an uncommon occurrence in common places. It's like the woman at the well. If you read the gospel, there's a woman at the well. It's at noon. She's disgraced, but Jesus finds her. He has his moment with her and her life has changed forever. But not only that, her, her village has changed because she had a moment with God. And I know young people whose lives have changed and they've gone back to their schools or they've gone back to their families and families' lives are changed based on this encounter. Or maybe it's like the Ethiopian eunuch in the Gospels where he's walking or he's riding along and Philip the apostle comes next to him and he's hearing him read the scripture but he doesn't understand. But then he explains it. The, 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 the eunuch gets excited. He's like, well, it says I got to get baptized. So let's get baptized right here. He hops out of his chair. He gets baptized. Philip snaps out of place. But that moment for him is so significant. And tonight, some of you get to live in that moment where you're getting baptized and your family is around you celebrating you because it's a big deal, right? That's, that's astounding. That's extraordinary. Maybe, maybe um, one of my favorites, because I'm a youth pastor and I got called, but one of my favorites is like when God interrupts somebody's life in their journey of faith, they've already said yes to God, but he begins to draw or call them into something more significant than they thought for themselves. And it's not necessarily vocational ministry. Maybe, hey, I'm called to do, be a doctor. I'm called to do this. I'm called to do that. But I feel like God's led me to that, right? It's Moses. He's a shepherd at this point. He's on the backside of a desert and he has this kind of moment with with God on top of this mountain. He says, I want you to lead my people. And he goes from a shepherd to a liberator. That's astounding. And there's moments after moment after moment like that that we see in scripture. And I love these big moments. And I love that Paul writes in Romans and he has this kind of uh, language of rejoicing in these significant moments. So let's read it. Five, I'm gonna read five again. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have all also obtain access to faith. We can rejoice. We've in relationship with God. There's grace in where we stand and we rejoice in the hope of glory, meaning we have been made right with God because of faith that Jesus made it possible for you and I to have a relationship with God. And because of that, we have God encounters. But not only that, there's the hope of glory, meaning there's more that we get to live for than just this moment. In, in fact, there's something in front of us that we're moving toward. We have good God encounters and their stories because it's, we love their stories because they're exhilarating. 
But all Paul talks about, and Paul talks about, he has a desire to celebrate and find joy in what God has done, but he also casts the vision of our heart to look forward to what God has for us. That's a good place to say amen. Siri, stop talking. Nobody needs you. But the writer of Romans, Paul, continues in verse 3. He said, there's also some things that we need to find some joy or to rejoice in. Verse 3 says, it's not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. I don't know about you, but there's not a moment where I've ever heard something was like, yes, thank you. This is broken leg. Hallelujah. That's not, it's not natural to us. It says, but knowing that, he gives an explanation why. It's not just, hey, rejoice when you're hurting. He goes, well, let me tell you the reason why. Because suffering produces endurance. And endurance actually produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Here's the truth that I've learned in 20 years of celebrating God moments. It's this. Life's most significant God encounters happen only in moments. God, the most significant encounters of your life happen in moments. But the real transformation of your life happens in the journey. It happens in the journey. The Apostle Paul had to add that. Not only do we have the vision of rejoicing in the moments and the future hope, but we also have to rejoice in the journey because it's the journey has to do with your development and your growth just as much as the, de the destination does. We cannot grow, be, or be shaped, form into what God has for us or who he's called us to be. Oh, this is skills right here. Do God, who God called us to be without going through the journey. See, the truth of becoming a disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ, it is marked by the commitment to keep on the journey of faith even when the path is rugged. Here's what I learned, and I remember the story. Um, I have a story. I was an intern at some point. Yes, I was an intern for God. Yes, God, thank you. Um, um, and I was, I, I mean, I grew up in, in the internship I was, I was in, like, I was like the only black dude, right? And when you're the only black dude and stuff, like, white people want to do white people stuff. And I'm not even, this isn't like, I'm not even like capital. Like, I'm not even like, yo, white people, what are you doing? It's, it's very much like, yo, where I'm from, we don't do that. Um, and this particular time, it was like, we're going outdoor camping. First, I was like, what? We're like, outdoors, <laughs> like. Like, we take in, like, one of them RV things. They was like, no, it's a tent. We got to pitch it. We got to put it in the ground. And then we got to hang our goodies in the air because things will come and get them. I was like, Jesus, why? <laughs> and my pastor's like, you got to go, Eddie. You got to go. So I went. And what I didn't know, what I wasn't prepared for, is the morning after we had gotten there and slept and ate our food, that was fun. It was great. And they're like, guys, we're going to get up at like 8 a.m. And then we're going to go rock climbing. I said, uh, what? <laughs> it was like, and we're at this place called Devil's Lake, Wisconsin. If that's any like indication of like doom, they're like, this is the Devil's Lake. Um, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're going to go rock climbing. And I was like with 13 white people. And I was like, yo. 
<laughs> can we get a memo? Like, what happened? I ain't got no shoes. Y'all out here, and you know, you know, whatever them is with the spikes on it, I ain't got them. These is J's, my guy. Like, and it was like, yeah, we're gonna do it together. And I'm like, I don't wanna be the guy that's like, I'm at the bottom waiting. But this is like, this is a three quarter mile climb in rocks up to this point, okay? I'm exaggerating, because it felt like that, okay? Just go with me. But we're climbing these rocks, and it's free climbing. It's not like harnesses. I got to the thing, was like, what do we do? He was like, follow the path, and then when we get there, I'm gonna tell you where to climb. And I was like, thank you, <laughs> I appreciate that. But I remember climbing up this thing and being so mad, like my thighs was burning, my arms was jello, and people were like, you can do it. I was like, I will cuss you out. And, this mountain, <laughs> Christian intern, right? And I remember, there's a picture of me, I wish I could have had a screen, and I'm, I'm like on the rock looking at them, they're like, we're taking a picture, and he smiled, I was like. <laughs> but when we got to the top, I remember getting to the top, breathing hard, but when we turned around, you could see the entire lake, and you see the calm, of the like the water moving back and forth and you can see the birds I was like look at that, that's an eagle guys that's a, where the eagles are right and I remember in that moment going man this is absolutely incredible my heart was full I was excited but it was painful and I love that Paul used the word suffering and and yes I don't I don't think we're like yeah we're gonna suffer all the time but I, I can tell you the truth that life can be difficult, right? Like life comes with difficulties and then you add a faith trying to live it out in this world that can be difficult. It adds another degree of difficulty to it. And Paul is using this language and I would say that the journey of faith is full with difficulty and inside the difficulty, there's an opportunity for you to grow more spiritually sound or to mature in your faith if you would just stick it out for the long haul. If you would just go the extra mile, if you would just keep climbing, or better yet, if you would just keep swimming. See, life will be crazy for you in just a few short days or weeks. You're getting, some of you are graduating, you're taking new jobs and careers. Some of you will have to work through the summer to pay for school and, and in the midst of all that, you've got crazy families, you got crazy friends, you got crazy kind of alpha leaders. Like there is so much happening around in your life and circumstances, circumstances will create trouble, it will create pressure and even pain in your life. But I will tell you this, if you can grasp this one thing, that the pressure, that the pain, that the problems, that the suffering that you may encounter can either take you out or you can learn to rejoice, it will take you up. If you can grasp it. And let me tell you the second, one of the most, the second secrets that people don't, don't talk about often. The second secret is this, you gotta keep moving. You gotta keep consistent. You have to stay locked in. You have to be about it day in and day out. You have to just keep swimming. Even when it feels like it's easier to just give up and to walk away, remember this, just keep swimming. Just keep climbing. You can use whatever metaphor you want to use about just keep going, but you got
gotta keep moving forward and you have to let the process happen in your life because ultimately it will produce great fruit in your life and in your relationship with God. But you have to keep moving forward because God is building something significant inside of you that cannot be created in mere moments, but he's creating and growing something inside of you that will last for eternity. And in closing, I want to read the scripture again, but I want to read it from the Amplified because it gives it more language, but I wanted to sit with you. And it says, let us rejoice in your hope. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. Not only this, but with joy, let us exalt in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, and trouble produces patient endurance. And endurance, proven character, which is spiritual maturity, and proven character, hope, and in confident assurance of eternal salvation, such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Let me pray for you, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the hearts and the minds of young people who decided to say yes to you, even though it's not convenient always. And God, and them saying yes to you, even when it's convenient, I pray that they will say yes to you day in and day out, even when life gets difficult, even when they're challenged in their faith, even when things don't go their way, and even when people let them down that should have been the ones to encourage and love them, let them trust you more than the people that are around them, than the process that they're going through, or the accolades they might get. Let them trust you over everything else because you never disappoint. And then in the pain and the hurt that they may experience or the suffering they may endure, God, you will produce something good out of that. You will give purpose to the pain so that they would grow mature and strong in their faith. And in doing so, they would encourage others that see them. And I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, amen. Go ahead and give it up for telling you guys.